is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. Welcome everybody, Schaefer Baseball Report, Friday edition. We were off last week. We had uh, a lot going on. So uh, I got Andrew Zyke, formerly One Tool. We got Todd Freeman, now with our with our my partner in the Advocacy Baseball Consultant Group. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we're going to bring on a long, long, long time friend. Um, was a trainer when I was with the Charlotte Knights here in um, 1993. We won a championship. Um, he kept me on the field as an old man and uh, forever grateful for that. But Alan is the uh, partner, one of the partners in the Architect Sports, um, physical therapy and sports performance training here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they've uh, they've expanded over the years, and uh, he's got a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, and uh, we'll have, we'll bring him on here in a little bit. But um, so busy week. Um, I busy. got to uh, been, been been a busy two weeks. Been a busy two weeks, and it's getting yeah. busier for us. A lot going on with USA Baseball. Um, I got to uh, go up to Long Island, and I was inducted into my high school Hall of Fame um, a couple weeks ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. So it's uh, it's interesting because I, I, I'm in the Suffolk County Hall of Fame, which is all athletes. You know, it's uh, you know, every every athlete that's ever been on. You know, give you an example like Lyle Alzado or Boomer Esiason or Craig Biggio. Um, you know, all different different athletes. So it's it's a different type of night. You know, it's just a bunch of jocks telling stories and having a good time. And then I'm in my high school baseball Hall of Fame, which it's it this is pretty cool is is we just showed up a bar which you know if you're an alumni you show up at a bar and everybody has a good time drinks and they give you a plaque and say you're in and you know that's that's your induction ceremony there but this one was really cool because it was um it had a diversity of uh careers and occupations uh, we had uh frank d'ambrosio who i grew up with who was the lead for phantom of the opera um wow. For, and he was the longest lead for Phantom of the Opera, which is the longest running uh, Broadway sure. play ever. Um, so Frank was there. He's married to Brian Boitano, who is the speed skater or the Olympic oh, sure. uh, figure skater. Um, so I got to meet that 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 dude. And then um, there was a uh, a woman there that is like second or third in command for NASA. So whenever you see a rocket go off. She's a big, she's been a part of that whole thing. She's worked on the Hubble telescope. Um, we had people doing cancer research. Uh, I mean, I, there was like nine people up there that was just blown away. And then there was me, a baseball group. <laughs> it was just like, I, 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 I was, I was kind of embarrassed. Like, like, what am I doing up here with these people? Um, you know, they, they, these careers have been amazing. You know, I mean, the, the woman that's done cancer research has just done, she does it with animals and it's uh, it's just an interesting story. They do all the testing on the animals and I'll, I'll move through this quickly, but, um, and then once the animals, they're done doing the testing, whatever they're doing, if the animal survives, then she finds homes for them. So on top of doing the research, she, you know, she's an advocate for, you know, uh, finding these, uh, these, these animals a place to finish out their, wow. their life. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a good experience. I really didn't, you know, feel like I belong there, but the day they bring everybody in, this is the funny part, right? So they're going through all these great people and they're like, and you know, and Jeff played in the major leagues and I'm like, you know, I'm a baseball dude, people that are <laughs> changing lives. So that we, they bring in the whole school. There was about 900 kids that came in and they sit there and they ask questions, right? 
So we're up on the stage and it's a panel and I'm thinking, okay, you know, well, I'll dodge this one because, you know, who wants to know about, you know, a baseball guy when you got an ash, you know, somebody that sends up spaceships, you got cancer research, Phantom of the Opera, all this other stuff. I got more questions than anybody. So what's it like to play in Yankee Stadium? Like, what's it like to face this guy? Like, oh, geez. So, um, but a good night and a good time and uh, a good after party. People that you haven't seen or spoken to in, in 40 years. I mean, it's, uh, it's well, maybe longer than that. I mean, it's, you know, I'll be 63 at the end of this month and graduate high school at 18. Wow. I am. I am. I, I say that to my wife every day and she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, and then um, so really cool. Uh, I, I want to talk about Mitchell Salvino, um, yep. one of our CBC kids that uh, we've had since he was 12 years old, and ended up. Uh, we thought he was a Division One kid. We knew he was a Division One player. He just wasn't physical at the point, you know. So the eyeball test didn't work, um, and he ends up high academic kid going to Washington and Lee uh, is graduating this year. Got two extra years because of COVID in the free year. Um, just was awarded the ODAC athlete scholar athlete of the year award wow. yesterday, which if you do the numbers, you know, and you think there's, there's basically 1700 college teams out there, 1700 college teams. So break them up into conferences, mm -hmm. you know, you know, there's a hundred plus more conferences out there. So Adam, and then do the math of every team that's out there, say the average of 12 teams, 35 guys on a roster, do the numbers right so the numbers turn out to be you know 40 50 000 kids and um you're one of like 60 kids in the country that get this award based on uh so Amazing. it's it's really special um and mitchell so part of our advocacy uh baseball consultant business that todd and i are involved with now um he is moving on to wake forest so he has two years. He'll get his master's in business, and he'll play two years. How about that? Going from Division Three, yep, the ODAC to Power Five, number Power one team five. in the country, no, right? Yeah, number one, yeah, team number one team in the country. So you know, we got a lot of ties to Wake. Tom yeah. Walter, Tom Walter <laughs> was uh, Tom Walter was a recipient of our Spirit of the Game Award. Um, our very first Spirit of the Game Award was Tom. Yep, and we did that at night at Knight Stadium, and we'll now we're gonna. Now we're cycling all the way back to uh, to the stadium, which is a uh, it's a really cool. Um, the setup is cool because we look out the glass and you see the skyline oh, and yeah, the baseball yeah, fields awesome. out yeah. there. It's uh, you know, it's we had grown, but it, it looks like they can handle that. Tell our, Tommy uh, we want a fireworks show at the end of the night. Yes, sure. Let's, yeah. Yeah. we want we want the dragon that dragon Sh spit Sh fire. Light them off though. <laughs> yeah, we want this the dragon. So real quick, Ty, let's let's let, you know let's kind of let everybody know what we've done. Go ahead yeah. and take the lead on the uh, the advocacy baseball consultant group. No, it's it's great. Listen, um, you know, Shafe and I have known each other for a couple of years, and we, we've we've kind of been in this game, and and you know, obviously through the contacts that I've made, um, and, and Shafe obviously for for um, you know his, his journeys, um, you know, there's obviously a massive disconnect in in college recruiting, um, you know, and and obviously since COVID it exasperated it even more, uh, you know. The biggest, the funniest thing is that with Twitter, with Facebook, all this stuff, like in all these showcases, you would think kids don't get missed, like, but kids get missed. Mitchell Salvino got missed a little bit, right? Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, we feel like there's there's a need for, you know, guys like Jeff and I and to be able to help these kids and get them to the right spot. I think 
there's so many players out there, whether it's not their fault or their coach, high school coaches or travel coaches fault or their parents, but they don't know, um, you know, where their son would fit in a particular program, you know, and I think that the, the most important thing is recognizing what, what level you're at, wh what programs are a good fit and how to connect you, that player to that program. And that's kind of what we're looking to do. Um, we're not looking to right away, you know, take on a million kids. We're looking, we're doing this in a very, um, you know, a very strategic way. We want to get families that are on board with us that, that are going to listen to us. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to make it a, an easier transition um, to get a player to the right spot. So they don't have to go into the portal. You know, we, you know, I remember when I played, it was a, it was a four year commitment for the most part. It was hard to transfer, you know, and, and so we, you know, getting back to that kind of mode of, listen, I'm going to go to Wake Forest. I'm going to go to James Madison and I'm going to go there for four years, you know? And, and so getting players to the right spot, I think is, is, is our mission. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, and we had Alan on and we'll bring this up when he comes back before we, uh, before we went on the air, we were just kind of talking and it's, you know, th there's, he sees people at his, at his business that talk about where they're going and what they're trying to do. But, you know, people are in the dark with the recruiting process. They don't, they don't understand, you know, really um, how to go about it. I mean, these kids like, Oh my, I sent out all these emails and uh, you know, what they don't realize is there's another thousand kids sending emails into the same, right. into the same email address. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you have to have a network. Um, you know, you have to have respect from the, uh, from the coaches out there that you know what you're looking at. Um, and, and, you know, when you say about the parents, I mean, you, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of delusion sometimes in terms of what level the player should be at. And, um, you know, you, you have to talk them off the ledge. People have to understand if you want to play this game and you enjoy playing this game, then you have to play this game for, as, you know, as long as you possibly can, because it's going to end. It could end after four years of college. You can get a chance to go on a pro ball. You can play till I, did, till I was 35 if, 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 you know, if that's in the cards. But, you know, what other things that they don't realize is that, you know, you got to get that piece of paper. You know, you, you, you got to get your degree. You're, you, what you're doing in the dugout and uh, off the field with all these guys is your is your lifeline network for a long time. It's your business network. It's your connection. Um, you know, it's, it's going to help you succeed going forward. You, you know, people go, well, I, I got to play D1 or I'm done. You know, oh, really? You know, I mean, I can I can tell you a perfect story of a kid that was number runner up in South Carolina as the uh, – um, player of the year and probably could have been the player of the year. He can play man. And he got into a program that was a good program. And, you know, they had somebody ahead of him and put that guy on the field to either, you know, keep his job or lose his job. And he kept his job. And, 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 you know, he, he didn't get the playing time that he expected to get this year. And it's frustrating, but you know, so was that the right situation? Could be, maybe it wasn't. Um, but you have to take these people and say, okay, you know, if baseball, if baseball is, is the only piece to it, it's the only piece to it, then you know, there's a million different options. You know, if you're just worried about, am I going to be a pro? Then yeah, there's a certain places that you got to go. That's going to get a higher exposure for professional baseball than, um, you know, your academic direction. If you're, if you're academic minded over athletics, you know, that's the most important that's paramount. Then, yeah, then, you know, it may not be a division one school. It may be a D three school that fits your program, but mm -hmm. you know, and baseball at this level right now, there's such parity right. uh, 
And COVID created a lot of this, yep. you know, COVID created a lot of this, giving yep. these kids extra time, you know, guys that are getting to stay at the college level till six, seven years, realistically, right. and kids coming in out of high school. So you, you kind of flooded the, uh, you flooded it. Um, you know, that's why JUCOs have become such a, such a great option. Um, you know, D2, yeah. I mean, we've seen D2 and D3 teams. I've seen D3 teams in Marietta, Christopher Newport, um, you know, you, you look at these Denison, you look at these schools like that, that these are these, they can compete at the division two level and they can probably beat up on some D one, mm-hmm. you know, programs, depending on where you're at. So that's where we're at. That's what Todd and I are at. It's called advocacy, baseball consultants.com. Um, check out the website and, uh, you know, reach out to us and, you know, we, we'll get you on the phone. We'll have a little consultation with you. Yep. Um, we will vet the player, you know, it's, we'll be straight up and honest with you. We're not, we're not just taking anybody, you know, you have to, uh, you got to fit a certain profile, um, you know, that we can help you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't yep. just, you know, you can't be like a one-legged shortstop and think that we're going to get your place to go, man. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But, yeah. and the thing is too, Schaefer, just to kind of piggyback off what you just said is like, yeah. you know, with kids is it's go, go where you're wanted, right? Go where, yeah. go where you're wanted. I think, the, you know, the coach, you know, advocating for you is where you want to go, you know? And so that's, if you want to play baseball at the next level, I think it's, that's a major, major component to it. Well, go where you're going to get on the field. You right. want to be one of go, go. Cause you can, I mean, every, every power five that recruits a kid wants them. And then right. you get into the fall season and they may not want you after the fall season. Correct. So you got, you know, you got to look at rosters. You got to have, you know, you have to have candid conversations with college coaches. Like, you know, I mean, where are you shy and depth wise, you know, and, and how soon would this kid get an opportunity to compete for a job? You know, I've had this conversation with Dylan, you know, Dylan going down to Wilmington next year and we're watching our friend, you know, go through the scenario that we were just talking about. And this kid's a dude, man, this kid's a player. Like he can play anyway. He just got in a situation that didn't allow him to get on the field right away. And, uh, you know, I tell Dylan and and my wife brought this up last night. Amanda brought this up saying, you know, if Dylan goes down to Wilmington and, and he doesn't play right away, now we, you know, we want him to go compete, and I think that's it's a good opportunity for him to go to P for a job, compete for a job early. But if it doesn't happen that way, don't be crying, man, because we're not, you know, you're not jumping out and running somewhere else. You're gonna stay in there, and you're gonna fight for your job, and you're gonna, right. you know, you'll get your opportunity. You'll got to go. But you know, if you think about all these people, well, I, I got to transfer, I got to go here, I got to go there, I got, you know, guess who else? Every there's like this this kind of washing machine thing going on right people are going back and forth back and forth um they're just taking other spots you just right. you know same guy same position another guy comes in same guy another, right. position, another guy comes in so you know you know the portals created a lot of a lot of issues covid's created a lot of issues but you know if you needed to be help if you needed help navigating your way through the recruiting process check us out you know yeah. um advocacy baseball consultants.com and uh check out our bios you'll see what we've done and we can uh, hopefully we can help, you know, uh, fulfill some dreams. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. So, well, that said, man, I'm excited about it. I know you are, Todd. And, of course. Uh, um, our guest today is a friend of mine since 1993 uh, when I played with the Charlotte Knights, Alan Tyson, who is a partner in Architect Sports, which is a um, physical therapy and sports performance center. Uh, they're growing. Um, I've watched Alan from the beginning push this thing forward. It's amazing. We, we were talking before, um, you know, you look back, he's 55 and 
you know, you look back and see what, what, what you've built. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty special. And we send every single athlete that is in our organization that way. Um, it's, this isn't a, this isn't a factory. This is, this is people that generally care about, you know, uh, getting, you know, from our athletes, getting our athletes healthy and getting them back on the field and, and doing well. But, um, I know the human being, um, that's a big part of everything that, you know, that goes on in my life. You know, if you're not a good human being, I don't need it. Um, you know, and this, this is definitely one of those guys. It's Alan Tyson. Um, Alan, uh, let's, let's just bring Alan on. I just, um, so Alan, you out there? I am. And that's, there he is. You said there it just is. the way I wrote it, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, here's the funny thing. When I was talking about the Hall of Fame, all yeah. these people went up, all these people went up to, on the podium and they were talking about how great, um, you know, the Patrick Mefford school system had been from them. And they're talking about teachers all the way back to elementary school. And it was in alphabetical order. So there was like nine of us, and I think I was eight. So I get up there on my eighth thing and I walk up, and everybody's walking out with papers like this, you know, and they – sit down i got their speech and i walk up with nothing i said listen i would have wrote something and read it to you but pat med screwed me up so bad that i can't read or write so <laughs> and that's how i opened my uh my, my my speech there but um listen man it's it's been a long time it's been a great friendship i appreciate all the support that you've given um everything that we've done um from the home plate gala from the very beginning oh yeah on our, our ninth year with that and um our all-star game now that we're doing. Look at this picture right here. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to come up somewhere. Dude, so look I at Tom Selleck in the back. Look at that. Look <laughs> at that porn stash she had. <laughs> yeah, people don't know this, but I see this once a year because of my birthday. I try to get it off all my social media because Chafe sends this out, and all my staff doesn't know. <laughs> and they're like, "Who's this guy?" And so all my 30, 30 year old and under, they're like. And you had, you had to handle an angry Jeff Schaefer back then. So, <laughs> but I am better now. I am so much better. Right, Andrew? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Schaefer, Schaefer, you are the, you're the veteran. Yeah. I, I tell people this, you're a classic veteran. You'd already been through the system. You've been up, you're coming back you're back to AAA. And you just met me. Say, I'm Jeff. I'm Alan. He said, look, this is like in April. Schaefer goes, my hamstring or my shoulder is going to bother me mid-August. I want to let you know that now. <laughs> because he <laughs> knew that if he complained about it then, he'd talk to the trainer and he'd get some workers' comp at the end of the end of Exactly. The exactly, man. <laughs> so you, you, you had, he was a businessman already. <laughs> at the end, at the last game of the year, I made sure there was a stretcher and they wheeled me out to my car. And everybody took pictures of that. So, Paul Workman's comp, help That's me out. Right. <laughs> you got to know the system, man. Just like yeah, you guys yeah. talked about recruiting, you got to know the system. That's right. <laughs> we had a hell of a team, though, dude. Oh, I mean, let's go, let's go through that roster. I mean, yeah. through that roster. Well, so, I mean, I, I tell people like you know, Charlie Manuel started yep. off. Who yep. uh, I was scared. I was probably twenty four. He scared me to death until probably July before I probably said something to him because such a big guy. And then uh, Sam Horn and, then, you know, um, the uh, – but everyone, you know, Alan Anderson, you know, um, but the biggies are obviously were Tommy and, and Manny. Um, and uh, so just a good collective. Yeah, we had, we had, we had, we had two, two catches that caught in the big leagues and Jesse Levis, yeah. Kelly Smet. Yeah. Sam Horn had hit 30 bombs in the big leagues one year. Um but I mean, if he put leather on his hand, he got a rash. So you probably treated that rash. <laughs> you know, he couldn't catch his. It was horrible. I threw a ball across diamond, hit him right in the chest, reached right out. Um, George Canale, George Canale, 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Jeff, George. Yep, George uh, Jeff Conkle. Yeah, yeah. Mark Lewis. Mark Lewis. Oh yeah. Um, Dennis Bird. Tommy. We had Tommy. We had Alan Cockrell. Yeah. Donnell Donnell Nixon. Bo oh, Allred. Um, Mark Davidson. Yeah. Chad oh. OJ. Uh, Paul Bird. Paul Bird was yeah. on that team. That's Paul yeah, Bird the broadcaster for the Braves. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Scott Christopher. Um, man, we go through that whole roster. But these are, we had more Mercedes Benz in the parking lot than any other AAA club. In nice. So how how do you remember all of this, but you can't remember where you leave your phone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. That, you know what? I don't that's know. We're going to talk about deep sleep in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not enough deep sleep. I almost took a deep deep nap about five years ago and had a stroke. That was deep. That was as deep as I got. As if... <laughs> like, why are you sleeping in the grass? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but listen, Alan, so again, uh, and thank you all the time, but you've been a tremendous supporter of, um, of our foundation. You deserve a chance foundation. And we say this every time that we sit down and we talk to the group that is either involved in our gala or our golf tournament or all-star game is that, you know, these donations, it's an absolute pass-through. Nobody's ever taken a dime from You Deserve a Chance Foundation for anything. Um, and that, you know, the effect that you have, I mean, you're in the people business and you're making people better and getting back out there. And, you know, that's admirable, man. It's unbelievable. It's noble. Um, you know, but the people that, that give us money never get to see, you know, um, how this really affects other people, but it has changed so many lives. Um, and, uh, so we thank you for, for always being there for that because you have never said no. The first time I asked, I was a little bit nervous, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like anybody else, like, you know, it's like, it, cause it was new to us. We were trying to do something, do it right. And, uh, you know, you're asking for help to do certain things. And, uh, it, it, it has been, uh, it's been an amazing friendship and partnership. So, so thank you. So I want to get into, um, I want to get into what you guys do down there at Architect Sports, and I want to talk about arm care because that's our that's our world. Mm -hmm. um, we get more issues about you know blown out arms, um, you know lack of prevention, um, you know what's the most common injury that you're seeing. So, just tell us about Architect Sports. Give us a little bit of history on that, and uh, you know how you guys evolved your training in terms of you said you. You know your your uh, your other partner is Frank Wright, the head coach at uh, of the Charlotte Panthers. But you've been allowed to travel through the NFL and see all these different training philosophies and what you've brought back. Yeah, we've been very blessed. You know, I, I um, um, you know when I started at back in the day at Miller Clinic, you know, I wanted to get some more experience with with training and athlete training. And so Glenn Perry, you know, is a is well you know award renowned orthopedic surgeon, um, was a team doc for the for the nights at the time. And so it got me to come out and, um, you know, started learning, you know, from the trainers there, but you know, got to know Frank, uh, when he was a quarterback, he was first quarterback here for the Carolina Panthers, but then he went on and played for Detroit and then played for the Jets. I saw him for some rehab. He went down and saw Dr. Andrews. So the, the baseball world, you know, goes a lot into the NFL more, more than people know. And so he came back to Charlotte, rehabbed him. And then in 2008, when I was looking to start my own practice, I was just calling around to people saying, you know, you know, anybody would invest. And Frank says, how much do you need? And I told him. And um, so he said, we may be, we may be willing to do that. And so I had another player, Mike Scurlock and his wife um, invest. And, um, you know, Frank has stayed on and, and been a great mentor and great friend. And as I was telling you, what it's allowed me to do, though, is wherever he's been in the NFL, 
to go venture out. And I would always go spend time with the strength coaches, you know, cause they're the ones with the new toys and doing different stuff and, and stuff. And, you know, I speak, you know, I'm friends with all the PTs and athletic trainers, but the strength coaches had all the new toys and things. And I would go around the weight room and I go, how much does this cost? And they go 75 K. I'm like, I don't want that. How much does this cost? Okay. <laughs> I don't want that. And so how much does this cost? 5k. Okay. Maybe I can do the 5k. Right? But, uh, but you know, when you, when you look at what they're trying to do and sports science is getting so large now that um, it's really helped us as a clinic, you know, we, we've always, you know, and you know, Chip Sigmund, who's a, one of the OGs of strength training yeah. around the world. So the stuff I was doing with the Hornets back in the day, you know, basically we just realized that the average person wants the same thing and they didn't have access to the same thing. Right. So that's all we've done is we've just brought in sports science in with sports therapy and we've been very blessed. We've got eight clinics around the city. We're going to grow to probably 20 in the next five years um, because there's just, you know, the 40 year old, 50 year old, 60 year old wants to be treated just like an athlete does. You know, and there's more to it. It's not just physical. It's mental. It's nutrition. It's you know sleep, recovery, things like that. And that's all the stuff that we kind of took for granted years ago. Now, when people are looking for the edge, sometimes that is the edge, you know, and sometimes it's the knowing that you're doing all that gives you the mental edge, you know, and so that's just uh, there's just more at stake now than it was you know, 30 years ago. So the, the, the training, um, I mean, obviously, science is the, the athlete's bigger, stronger, faster than it ever was. Right. It's, it's a different thing. But, um, you know, us, us old school, you talk about Chip. Chip's actually training Dylan right now. He's yeah. so. Chip trained me my first year in the big leagues. This is how old he is. And he's now training Dylan. But, uh, yeah, he still squats 350 or something stupid yeah, like that. He did, lift, he, he did lift at 315 when he was 66 or 67th birthday or whatever. So, for yeah, reps, 10 reps, not one yeah. rep, 10 reps. So, yeah, that's, he's a monster. Uh, he's an amazing – he's a great human being too. He's got, yes. a, got, a, got a great heart. But, you know, so the training, we you know, we see a lot, of, a lot more injuries. And I don't know if it's because of social media – or it's because you know it, it's just it's it's it just seems more prevalent that there's more injuries out there. Is there an overtraining component to this? Is it too much um, at certain ages? You know, because I know at, at the you know at the, the higher levels, the older we're men, right? Our bodies yeah. are different. Our bodies are a little bit more mature. But some of these kids are pushing velo and pushing arm care and uh, and and blowing out. So what's what's the most common injury that you're seeing in baseball players? Well, we're still seeing, you know, tons of shoulders and elbows, right? I think the 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 shoulder, um, you still see more shoulders than elbows per se. I think with the um, diagnostically, we're better today than we were even five years ago. Um, you know, you hear all about the, the internal brace with the elbow. You know, do they have a complete reconstruction? Do they have a repair, which is kind of code for they have this little, you know, piece of, tape they put in with the reconstruction so that's allowing people to come back a little quicker um but i think you're right i think it's the just again as we all talk about it's the oversat overplaying right so you know we didn't have options to play 30 years ago play baseball all the time so we had we played ba basketball in the winter or we did other stuff and so it allowed your bodies to mature a little bit more and so the the elbows that we see when they're 15 or 16 usually comes because they started playing one sport when they're nine, you know, and so, um, but there's always attritional tearing, you know, and that's what most people think, you know, we just had, you know, it, you know, Elon Jersey back just, you know, tore his, uh, right. UCL. That just happened last weekend, didn't it? Yeah. Last week. Yeah. And, um, so he'll go and get it and get it done. And, and the, 
you know, it's one of those things where the surgeries are so good for that today. I mean, the reason they throw harder after the surgery is because they, they take a year to get stronger. Right. But the surgeries are so good that um, that it's almost like you know, they feel better. The big league teams feel better after you've had it done because they don't have to worry about it, you know. And so we had Spencer Turnbull in two years ago after he tore his um, and he was in arbitration. I think year two, he actually got more money because the UCL was done and, and, and gone and they didn't have to worry about. And so he, he didn't. So, why, so why are we waiting for them to blow out? Let's just That's cut them open before. Right. Well, <laughs> there's some speculation, you know, some parents have said that before. Right. And so I'm like, sure. oh boy. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more that they're, they're playing more. They would honestly be better if they would just you know, train a little bit more and not play as much. Um, but Yeah. So uh, what, uh, and, I, I, and I'm going to let Todd, I know Todd yeah. and Andrew have some questions here and I won't monopolize this thing, but um, you know, they, there's no more three sport athletes. There's very few three sport athletes out there. So I always, always felt like, you know, the, 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 the strength and the mental approach of football was good. Um, the agility of a basketball player is multi-directional for an infielder, especially was good. And all those things parlayed into whatever sport you were going to be specific to in terms of what you thought your next level was. Right. So baseball would be it. So we played all these sports growing up. Um, you know, like you said, whatever the season was, you rolled the ball out. Do you rec- would you recommend that? What's the, what's the downtime that you would recommend instead of like you know because if you look at the look at the the baseball season, um, in reality, um, high school season starts in February here, right? Yep. Then they move right from there into summer showcase baseball or travel baseball. Then we get basically a month off of August, and then we're back at it again all the way in through November. So you only really have part of November, December, and a small piece of, of, of January because everybody's back to getting ready and people are training all year round. Mm-hmm. So what would be your suggestion in terms of like, and when you say downtime, is it less stressful exercising or is it just downtime, shut it down? Yeah. Great question. I mean, ideally if I could, you know, have a magic wand, it, you know, they, you start up in January, you play February, play you know, your your middle school high school ball and then you go into your summer and then come come labor day then you're shutting it down all right the, the fall ball gets them like i i see the most kids in january because they're starting up a little you know too quick but then i see but even more than that i'll see september october november because their arms tired and it, it it is it does very good so what i tell parents is like you know Put your kid's head up against the door frame like we all did when we were kids. Measure their height. And if they're starting to shoot up, that's when you got to be really careful. And if they're starting to shoot up later in the season, meaning like, you know, again, February to the fall ball, all right, when they get later into the year and they're starting to shoot up, that's when you're going to have issues. And, and so ideally, though, they play basketball in the – I don't care if they're playing. In fact, you know, I knew I was coming on the show today this morning. I'm thinking, like, you know, what would be really cool is if we had all the baseball – um, you know, the, the summer league guys, you know, CBC showcase, uh, on deck, whoever. Um, we have a basketball league did in the bleep, winter. Did you bleep those other two things out? He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, got no 10 second delay, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd have a basketball league during the winter and we'd, we'd have that because it, it just encourages them to play. Uh, and that's what they should be. That's what they should be doing. And then in the fall, they would, you know, they'd it'd be like instruct. It wouldn't be so much playing, be instruct. 
um, and they get better at their crap, right? And, if they, and yeah. then that's the time they got to live. They got to get stronger, things like that. So it needs to be that way, in my opinion. But again, it's. Uh, so, I, think that, I think that's brilliant. You know, the other, yeah. the, remember uh, uh, Brian Peters? Petey was with at Furman. Now he's out of Pepperdine, whatever. He's a coach. And then we're talking about college baseball as well. It, putting this in this mix because you see college athletes, pro athletes, yeah. all these other athletes. These kids leave, leave, uh, leave the, you know, the stressful of a it, college baseball stressful. I mean, it's, it's, it's win or die, right? So everything is max effort. Everything is adrenaline. Everything's stress. And then they jump into summer baseball. And they'll play two months of summer baseball. Then they'll go right back to school. So they have no break in there. What Petey was saying, you do a you do a four week college program, that's somewhat developmental, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Then you rotate out. Then you give them you give them that time off, um, because realistically, college is when most of these guys are growing the most. You know, yeah. they 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 put on more weight. Their their frame is changing. Um, so I, I love the idea. You know, fall baseball is is. You only have weekends, and everybody feels like they got to go do these tournaments and travel somewhere for exposure purposes instead of developmental right. purposes. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I totally I, agree. And, and that's why I, 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 I think it's developmental. Yeah, and it, it, and it's low stress, right? I mean, I, you're just training. You, you you're working on your skill set. You're not worried about you know going seven innings and and getting a W or coming out of the weekend, uh, you know, with um, you know X amount of at bats and. I, I like the idea. Todd, you got anything? Yeah, I do. Uh, do you, I'm sorry. My mic is great. But uh, uh, so, uh, Al, I, I coach I coach youth. I mean, I coach up to through high, high school, but I, I do coach my son's 9U team. Yeah. Uh, and we play we play U-Triple-S-A, you know, and they, and they have their pitching rules, right? I don't follow innings rules. I think they're silly. Um, yep. So I do follow pitch smart. <laughs> uh, but I wonder if there's a better um, – if there's a better way to manage uh, younger players' arms, because even some of my nine U kids have, you know, I had I had a catcher who's, you know, he's nine years old and he he's had arm problems and he's seen a physical therapist and he doesn't pitch, uh, yeah. and and it's you know the 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 injuries for the younger players is is almost more now than I've I've seen and. You know, so I I, I want to know the best way to really protect my young players because I actually had to um, I had to forfeit a championship game on a Sunday because I ran out of pitching and I wasn't about to throw wow. kids on back to back days and um, you know and go past the pitch smart rules. So I just want to see if there's a better way to to manage it. Yeah, that's a great question. I can tell you what's the only thing in the, the current medical literature is when Keith, when uh, Keith Meister, who's becoming like the elbow guy right now across the MLB, when he was in Florida, he published a couple of studies that talked about if we could teach kids how to follow through when they throw, because 70% basically of all throws are playing catch or something like that. And what happens is that when the ball comes out of your hand, you're throwing hard, you got one times body weight pulling your arm out of socket. So you got a huge distraction force that kind of pulls you out. And so, um, and so when you do that, right. So if I've got a, a nine-year-old, I've got a hundred pounds, you know, so I tell the kids when they come in the clinic, like if I dropped a hundred pound weight from the ceiling, right. And you could grab it at like 20 feet and guide it down to the floor. That's better than if you just caught it and tried to stop it. Right. So if they don't follow through, what happens is the back of the shoulder gets tight and their forearm muscles get tight because now their forearm muscles have to be a decelerator. And when the forearm muscle gets tight, then what happens is when they get in this late cocking phase of throwing, 
remember the muscle is supposed to generate force, but it's also supposed to disperse energy, right? Mm -hmm. So if that forearm muscle is tight and it can't disperse energy, now for a nine-year-old, you're looking at a growth plate issue or something like that. And so we always try to get them based on their arm, arm slot, but we try to get them right elbow by left knee when they're playing catch, or at least get something to do a towel drill, make sure they're hitting the ground, things like that. If they can do that. And so, and then go all the way up to the high school. I see so many kids come in today and they're all, you know, they all recoil, you know, they're all coming back up the mound. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where that's coming from, that's a good question for you guys. But it used to be we used to preach follow through a lot more, be in the fielding position, things like that. Now there's such a such a search for velo. And I tell the kids, I say, look, the ball's gone. Right? You've already generated your power. Right? So now we have to get rid of it. Right? And if you don't, then there's too much stress on the arm. So if you do that, if you have some bands or Jaeger bands or some tubing or whatever on the field and you get them to do some, you know, some Y's and T's and just a little rotator cuff, work on posture. Um, and that's about what you can do. Then, then the key is, you know, for you guys and guys in the Charlotte area, I don't usually see kids overthrown much anymore. Some of the, some of the outline counties sometimes, but what I see though, is that they're in they're, they're playing about, you know, eight months and they hit a growth spurt and then they got to throw hard enough, you know, so I kid the parents. I'm like, I never had arm issues because I never threw hard enough. Right. But, you got you got you got to have those three ingredients. If you've got a kid that throws hard, that's a, he's an outlier, so you got to watch him. All right, you got a kid that shoots up in growth. All right, that's that's a red flag when he shoots up. Watch him. All right, and then they follow through well. So if you're hitting those three areas, you're gonna be you're gonna be pretty good. Um, and then it's just it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean, I, you know, the thing is, is like you know, for you know, and I and I protect. And my parents are great and, and other teams, you know, I talk to coaches all the time. They're great, you know, but I try to protect the kids against, you know, oh, you know, he can throw another 10 pit. Like, I, you know, I'm very cognizant of, of the pitch counts and the amount of days they pitch, you know, because you have kids that are playing travel and they play rec. And so, yeah. and, and, and coaches don't know any better, you know, and I think if there was like some type of universal way, to say, hey, listen, this is what's right. This is what we should be doing. But uh, the following through thing is, is golden. I, I completely we do. That's we teach out there. The infield is it's huge when we work with our guys because one, if you follow through correctly, it creates accuracy. Right. Yes, you, you're talking about dispersing energy and you're dispersing it towards your target. So everything, all the footwork and everything that we do with infield is is release and throw. And throw. If you watch pictures of the old days, you're talking about the lack of the recoil. You know that 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 trail leg would end up past their mm-hmm. their 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 plant leg. And they yeah. would be moving down the mound, so their their delivery was cleaner. The ball came out cleaner. Yes. Um, I don't know where this recoil thing came from, but it doesn't seem to create accuracy, and it seems to be max effort. Um, you, you, it seems like everybody's built on the fastball, right? And everybody yeah. is so worried about how hard they're throwing the fastball, and they're going to more sliders than they are breaking balls. So it's a different different movement with you know with the wrist and the arm and the elbow, um, but. Um, so everything is hard. Everything is hard. Um, and even the changeup, even though you grip it different, your arm speed is supposed to be identical to your fastball. So everything right. is, is, is max effort and stress. You don't see the guys that can, that can carve up. I think one of the biggest pieces, Todd, you know, the issues that we, we see with the younger guys getting hurt out there is that, you know, I, 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 I don't like, they don't know any better, right? These guys don't know right. it, but everybody's so everybody's going to run to a team that's going to win. Right. Right. So now you're in a weekend game, and, and kudos to you for like saying, "Sorry, dude, we're not we're not playing this game. I'm not yeah. I'm not anybody." Because that is not the majority. 
That is no. that minority out there. So somebody will find somebody to go on the mound so they can get a tin ring or you know a, a plastic trophy or something like that. So you know our our, our industry baseball wise <laughs> is not USA hockey. It's not USA soccer. It's not anything because there's no regulations. There's no you know right. we just it's rogue. You can take a team, whether you know the game or not, or whether you know how to take care of an arm or a kid or you know, a, and you can just go play. And you can end up playing. We played way too many games on weekends, right? I mean, you get into a situation, you can play five, you can play three games on a Sunday after right. two games. I mean, that's five games on a, on a, on a, on a little body that's ligaments and everything and not even, you know, you're not mature physically, let alone mentally. Um, so there's a big piece of that that's just, you know, it, it falls on the coaches. Um, some know better and can't help themselves because they have to walk away feeling like, you know, they're the dude of nine U baseball coaching. And, uh, um, and then there's guys out there that are just trying to do the right thing to help coach a team and do, and they don't know when to stop. They can't, they can't recognize when a kid is laboring on the mm-hmm. mound. Right. Well, and Alan brought it up too. Um, going from summer to fall, there's not much of a break, if any break at all, especially yeah. for these younger right. guys. I think there's three issues. You have overuse from summer to fall. You have um, lack of warming up. Some, some guys don't even warm up. Or it's, it's or it's kind of show and go. They just do some some light stretching and go. And then three, once you're getting middle to late in the fall, it starts getting a little cold, and you're doing these double headers. And after the first game, they'll sit on the bench and yeah. arm will stiffen up, body stiffens up, and they go back out and then they they throw for a minute or two and they're done. So they don't they don't warm up properly uh, in between games. So let me. So the younger guy, like younger kids, like you never see anybody stretch. There's no. I mean, and if they do, it's just in a circle. Nobody's there. There's no like. There's no purpose to stretching. Other like, let's bend over. Let's get on the ground. Let's laugh. Let's joke. Right. Yeah. But again, as kids used to say, I, I watch. I go out to the driving range and I watch these kids walk out there, 13, 14 years old, and they're like, the flexibility is phenomenal, and they didn't do anything, and they, you know, and I'm, you know, it takes me twenty swings just to. <laughs> Get one leg stretched. I got to go take another twenty. Get the other one ready. <laughs> but yeah. so, it, it, I mean, how important is that? For I think it's important. Player? I think, like you said, it's all part of the game. You're teaching the game, right? So when you teach kids how to do dynamic warm up and do some tubing and do like that, if they're if they're doing it really well at nine, then they'll do it really well at 10, 11, 12. and so that's kind of where it starts. Because when we talk about, you know, the college freshman who tears his ligament well he didn't tear his ligament with one pitch that day it's been an attritional tear which means the thing's been coming it's been an artery that's been getting clogged for 30 years and in one day it becomes symptomatic right so this kid's been having issues so the question is how do you, how does it start at 9 10 11 you know so you're right so if they can if the coach can learn a dynamic warm-up and make an emphasis on that right so i'll give you an example so i'm going around you know with frank and nfl and stuff like that San Francisco, the year they went to the Super Bowl, not last year, but the year, the, the you know, years before when they played Baltimore, the Harbor Brothers were playing against each other. They made a dedicated effort that year that they would not stop practice and say, okay, we're done. You're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go stretch. They actually had a strength coach and other coaches get with every position group and they did 15 minutes of stretching. All right, no laughs, nothing. They made sure they got it in every day. It was tracked every day. And there's an article in the, in the in the sports business journal because obviously they pay these guys a lot of money when they don't play, right? About what they were number one in the in the NFL because they just made it disciplined enough that they did it as a team, right? So when you let people just kind of clown off, they, no one's going to do it. But when they did it as a team, it's much better. 
And I think that's the key. The, the other thing I think that's not talked about enough is um, the nutritional piece, which is for young kids because everybody wants to be bigger. They're not getting the protein. Right. And so I have parents come in all the time and like, oh, yeah, Johnny's trying to get bigger. And I'm like, well, what do you eat for breakfast? Nothing. Right? And so it's hard to get that in. Right. So I have to break it down to the kids. So you need one gram of protein per pound of body weight for a developing athlete. OK, so if I've got a 120 pound athlete, that's 120 grams of protein. That seems like a lot of protein. Right. But when you break it down, it ends up being about 25 percent of their of their caloric intake. And so once I break it down, they go, oh, and everybody sits there and nods with me. But I said, OK, let's break it down. And then all of a sudden they're getting like 10 percent of the protein. And so we're talking about trying to get bigger and stronger and all this kind of stuff. But we keep forgetting, like, you know, like we're teaching them a curveball, but their fastball, they only throw 68. You know, it doesn't matter how good your curveball is if you're only throwing 68 fastball. And so we miss that a lot. And so what I tell them is like the guys that are playing the big leagues that are looking for the edge that's typically where they're going to get it from is nutrition because it's going to help them recover. And then all the recovery things, you know, so that's when coaches can say, Hey, you know, Hey mom and dad, you know, don't give them the juice boxes or don't give them the banana, you know, make sure the bananas got some peanut butter or something like that. Nutrition is huge because again, in high school ball, especially the kid goes to school at seven 37, whatever in the morning, they get out at three they got, or two fifteen. They got practice right after that. I mean, it's hard to eat like you should, so they got a plan for that, you know, and so that's just a missing ingredient we see a lot. Uh, so when I was playing carbs, it was everybody had to carb up for energy. Yeah. Like it yeah. was like launching for a game and it was all carbs. No, yeah. it wasn't really protein. Eat what you want, just make sure, you know, you have a lot of carbs. And so, you know, I see D Dylan's all over the protein shakes and things like that. And, you know, and Chip is obviously Chip's educated on all that stuff. Yeah. So he has Dylan's nutrition nutrition program, but that's huge because you know th these kids, especially high school kids, they're competing now against twenty four year old men in college, mm -hmm. right? It's gotten to that point where there's it's not, you know, at 24, 25, 26 years old, you should be either on your way to the big leagues or being released from Double A, not playing college baseball. Yeah. So you take an you take a, a an eighteen year old kid, and it, you know this is the silver lining because Dylan had the ACL, where he's been with Chip and he's going to be physically. He's going to look like the part. He's going to be yeah. strong. He's going to be everything that uh, that we needed him to be. But these kids are going in almost with, with with a sense of ignorance. And this is something that Todd and I will deal with when we get in there. That you know they need a strength and conditioning coach. They need a strength coach. Like Dylan, go you. I asked you about um, you know Dylan's flexibility, and you put us on to Ali Faber, who we've known Ali for years, and she's been phenomenal. Um, and Ali's actually going to come out and do a uh, uh, a whole evening with our organization um and give them the, uh, her online stretch program and things like that yeah but um these kids have to gear up early you know they got to gear up early physically mm -hmm. to be able to compete at the next level to be ready because they walk in thinking you know this is showcase travel baseball or high school baseball and it's fun they don't realize this is a job you right. know you're, you're training. Don't know. i mean they're they're used to not i mean you get used to however you feel right and so right you know, so you so if you you know we talk about optimization so i guess i know you're good but are you as good as you can be how do you optimize you know we talked about before the show about sleep right so all the new stuff coming out about sleep and making sure there's two phases right rim sleep that we know about that's sleep that's uh, that's the, the dream sleep and that's rapid eye movement things like that but the deep sleep is actually um needs to be about 20 percent 13 to 22 percent if you read the studies 
of your sleep cycle. The deep sleep is when testosterone, human growth hormone is released, which helps you recover and makes you stronger. Well, if I'm not getting into deep sleep, and we know that now from the aura ring or the whoop band or Garmin or whatever, right? If, I, if I'm reading my phone at night, I've got all the blue light, right? It delays me getting into my deep sleep, which should be in the first hour and a half of when you're going to sleep. So if it delays me getting into that, now I'm not getting deep sleep, now I'm not getting my testosterone released, right? Then again, I'm just, you know, I'm not optimizing what I can, what I can do. So we're looking for these little things, right? It all adds up, you know? And so, but you know, what teenager isn't a little groggy? What teenager, you know, loves mornings, you know? So everyone's just, that's just the way they are. But the, the ones, the ones that are trying to figure it out, you know, it, it makes a huge difference. Okay, so what, what's, what's the steps to get into deep sleep? Like, so that's a great question. So the first thing is the, the room's got to be completely dark and the room's got to be about 65 degrees, 65 to 68 degrees. It's got to be cold, right? All right. The next thing is an hour before you go to bed, you got to get off social media. You got to get off your phone. All right. The blue light from our phones, computers, tablets or whatever signal to our brain that it's still daylight. And so our brain's not ready to go to sleep. So I need to, I need to just like I had, just like you would teach someone here's what I'm going to do right before I get in the batter's box. Here's what I'm going to do right when I get in the batter's box. So I have a routine to do. There's got to be a sleep routine. You can download it off the internet. Sleep routine, sleep hygiene is what they call it. All right. And then what I tell parents is like, try to track it. All right. And usually for high school kids, they just got to get more sleep, right? They need to get their eight hours or nine hours. All right. Seven to nine is what's recommended for adults. You know, kids need a little bit more and it's tough to get. And, and so they're, they're operating from a point, but if they do dark room, cold, uh, get off social media or get off their phones an hour before they go to bed, read a book. I know it sounds crazy, but read a Man, book. Right. That's crazy. Read a book. Uh, and, yeah. and then they'll sleep better. No doubt. Yeah. Well, if Pat med didn't screw up my education, I would read a book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so that, I mean, that's interesting because you know what I, I, I am, I'm on, I'm on, I'm talking about myself, all, you know, also, I mean, my sleep oh, is not good, but, yeah. you know, again. And then, so this, this whole thing about drinking a ton of water, right. Water. Which, which has been amazing for me. I mean, realistically, I've been doing it about two months and I, I can't, I can't say that I've, I've haven't felt this good physically in a long time, but it does affect my, what am I drinking? Yeah. No, how vodka. much? Vodka. Yeah. Oh, no. I bet you I drink, um, 64 ounces or more a day yeah yeah how much were you drinking before i'm just curious none soda really soda really? orange juice every yeah. now and then a glass of water just because it was there because i was thirsty but i was doing zero yeah um, and now no more soda very little i like orange juice so every now and then a glass of orange juice but um you know just going down the thing but the issue with that is you know you put so much water in you and you got to run to the bathroom 40 times a day right, right. You, you'll, oh. you'll get used you'll get used to your body will acclimatize to that you start to the more you work okay so, yeah. i hope i uh, hope so you might need a catheter <laughs> yeah i i, I, I need a bag yeah get to run around a bag, a bag on. On. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll recommend you know minimum 64 some people recommend as much as a, a you know an ounce per pound of body weight but normally if i can get people to get 64 up to you know 72 or something they're usually pretty good um yeah. they're better and then you just have to you do we just teach kids look at the color of your urine um it needs to be pale yellow 
And so if it looks yeah. like light lemonade, you're hydrated. If not, you're not hydrated, you know, and especially when going to tournament play and it's getting ready to go into summer, you know, they got to do it. Right. And so these kids that aren't hydrated because when you don't, when you don't hydrate, your urine is not the right color. It's not, it's not light, uh, light yellow. Then your muscles are tighter. You're going to be stiffer. You're not going to recover as much. And that's the difference that on Sunday when you're playing the championship game versus, you know, Saturday morning when you first get there. So all these little tips are helpful for the kids. Well, there's a, there's a parking space at, uh, at my golf club for the senior, the top senior dude. And he's about 80. And that's what I'm gunning for. I mean, I told the other day, I'm coming after your parking space, dude. He looked at me like I was. Not after your last like round. I, no, not after the last round. No, no doubt about that. But, um, <laughs> but so, Alan, so <clears throat> all this information, um, obviously, this stuff is all over the internet. You can find it. You know, if you had to put a quick program together for a high school kid, what would it incorporate? You know, we, we always talk about our five pillars, all right? First is mobility, you know, joint mobility, soft tissue mobility, how they how they stretch and how they do use tools, foam rolls, et cetera. Second is strength. They need a good strength program like Chip would prescribe. But then we work on the little nuances, you know, scapular muscles, a little bit of core, a little bit of hips, things like that. Um, the the this, uh, third one is movement. So they got to have proper movement skills. So we would like pitchers working with guys that understand mechanics. We like hitters working with people that understand hitting mechanics, et cetera. The fourth is uh, sports nutrition, how it, how they recover, what they need to eat to get bigger and stronger. And then the last one is um, conditioning, what they need to do. So, you know, these kids today, like, you know, again, we still time 60s, but no one ever runs a 60 in baseball. So we still do that, right? right? So they need, right. they need, they need a little SAT. You know, we've done some stuff in the past, like, you know, four Saturdays in a row, we get kids together and say, look, let's, let me teach you how to run a 60, right? Because it's different. You got to work and start. You got to work on high end, stuff like that, right? And so, um, but then agility, because they've got to use that no matter what, right? And then, so if we if we did those five pillars, we'll be pretty good uh, with, the, with the kids and then just monitor um, individually what they need at that point. Can they find those five pillars on the uh, on the website? They can. They should be able to find one. I don't know. It's a good question. I got to go look. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, good. And so, yeah, you know, I think the last thing and Shafe, you, you do a great job of this is like what we see with kids today is they come in and there's just this internal pressure they deal with um, that they kind of put on themselves a little bit, um, whether it be because, you know, the 11th grade guys verbal somewhere and they're in ninth grade. No one's talking to them or whatever. And that puts more pressure on them. And all this stuff is like we try to tell them, like, it's a, it's a game. Enjoy it and you know, work on yourself can't control anybody else's opinion. They need to hear that from all of us. And they do so much better because as we talked about before the show, it, the beauty of baseball or any team sport is going to be a setting their life skills up for the rest of their life. Right. So if we hire physical therapists, if, if I have a physical therapist who played a team sport, I am all over them to come work for us because all the life skills of baseball told them they can cheer for someone else. They can multitask. They've been coached by different people. So the skills of the sport are just, you know, are lifetime skills. And so, you know, the kids, they get to a certain point, there's so much stress or they worry about coming back from an injury. It's too much, you know? So I think you do a great job of telling your story about your, you know, the mental side of everything is that we got to continue to make the game fun. And, and we try to do it by just saying, there's no way you don't make it back and you're going to be better than you were before and kind of planting that seed so they can get excited about rehab because they come in like, I don't know if I'm going to play again or I don't know if I'm going to be the same player. And I'm like, you're not. You're going to be better. 
you know, so plant the, the seeds because the, the, with so much going on with social media today, they get a lot of negativity that we have to combat that, you know, so it starts, you know, I'm sure you see it, Todd, it starts younger than yeah. we would like it to be. And um, if we can keep it fun and, and keep them healthy, it's, you know, it's a great sport. 100%. Well, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time for us. And, yeah, uh, man. And we, we will do this again um, because yes. there's so much more information out there that these people need. Um, you know, we can give what we can give on the surface and everything. Basically, you know, I hear from you. I know, you know, I've been around, you know, your staff for several years. You guys have uh, rehabbed just about everybody in my family except for my wife um, because you don't rehab jaws from screaming at people. So I had to take it somewhere else. No. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you. We'll do this again. All right. And uh, you're a treasure. Um, so happy no, to do man. it. No, I appreciate it. So we'll uh, we'll connect soon. Thank you, Alan. All right, buddy. Yep. Thanks, right. Alan. Thanks, guys. See you. So, um, see that? I mean, Todd, that's the stuff that you know yeah. that there there needs to be some regulation to yeah. Um, you know, the people that are getting involved in coaching that you know that can help these athletes because unfortunately, like he was saying, we lose we lose connection with um, the experiences and the fun of the game because everybody's driving for opportunity. I got to get this. Right. I got to get that. Now we're, we're going to be in that business and, and help people along the way. But, you know, people will put themselves in situations where they don't even understand, is it even worth them doing it or are they doing it for the right reasons? And, um, but it's, it, I'm just, there's so much science out there now. Right. Um, and it's, and it's not just science for the professional athlete, even though he deals with every level. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Mason and his group. Yeah. You know, I mean, you want to do what's right for those kids and make sure that they stay healthy all the way through the process that when it is time to really chase the opportunity, they're not breaking down. They're not, they're, they're well, not hurt. Um, listen, along I mean, the way. obviously success, you know, young kids correlate success to winning, but they also yeah. correlate it to having fun and being on the field. I mean, if, if there's kids that are constantly hurt, they're not going to want to play this game, yeah. you know? And like, so how do you get them back the next year? That's the, the goal of, of any of this is to keep kids playing the sport, you know? Well, and, 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 yeah. It's, it's the coaches. It's the coaches right. also well, keeping the kids healthy. You know I mean? The, you yeah. know, the, you're gonna, the kids are just going to play because they're going to play. They don't understand their bodies at that certain ages, you know, and if a coach keeps putting them under those situations, yeah, then something's, something's going to break down. It's, it's not, it's not going to be a, no, no doubt. It's not going to be good. But um, so uh, cool. again, I, I, I'm going to say advocacy baseball consultants is what we, it's, yeah. it's what we're going to be doing going forward. It's going to, uh, like I said, we're not taking on the, uh, the world, we're taking on specific groups that, uh, that, that need assistance and are qualified in terms of, um, academics and athleticism, uh, that we can help move on. And, uh, we'll direct you through the, uh, through the process. We're looking forward to doing that. Yeah. Um, again, congratulations to Mitchell Salvino. Yes. Which is uh pretty special golf tournament. Our golf tournament, and yeah, that was yeah. uh did you have fun. I heard I heard Andrew got longest drive. And, and Andrew always comes away with some well, it was kind of I sad because uh I, what the J heck did J I get? I got Jason oh I got the Michael Jordan picture. I won the Michael Jordan picture. I gave that away in a <laughs> That's <heart>. right. You got... 
no part uh, of that. Yeah, it was it was a little strange. Everyone from one table got all the raffle tickets, right? I yeah, yeah. And then he <laughs> wasn't. Andrew got longest drive. Then Eddie Buskey got something. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh man, this thing is so rigged this year. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe longest drive. A guy in my group, Jason Grimes, one of my coaches, a good buddy of mine. He he yeah. absolutely striped one. I mean, yeah. and I couldn't believe that he that Andrew Andrew must have it. No, Andrew, Andrew, Andrew hits Sometimes. the ball. Andrew hits the ball a long way. He does. He, it, it's, it's, okay. It's a, it's a different sign. So yeah, but I mean, I listen. It, it's okay to doubt Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt him. No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, it just seems like you pull out that best drive on that one hole. Yeah, I, I think I think I, I think I won the Snap Hook Award that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I took out some trees and I got conservationists calling me. Fifteen under though. No, that's good. That's no, good. listen, that's a good number. You know, we had we had uh, we had Sue's husband Larry playing with us, and Larry was actually a big help because he hit from the senior tees. Now I can I can I'm allowed to hit from the senior tees, but you should. I just I have I I, I can't do that no. walk of shame, man. I can't do it. Well, you had someone in the cart you could have done it with. No, I, I played nine yesterday. I hit from the blacks. I mean, it's you know, for you. did you break a hundred? Yeah, I played well yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I, I figured it out. Yeah, I watched my Freddie Couples video the other night. <laughs> I, I love his swing, man. Freddie Couples it's is the good. man. It's, it's and they, still the good. slow motion, yeah. So I got, I got, I got, I got a man crush on Freddie Couples' swing. All right, um, but uh, all right. So that's uh, that was a good show, Todd. Appreciate you taking the time to jump on here with us. And uh, again, look forward to hearing some people. If you want interest, if you're interested in moving to yeah. the next level, and you're not sure how it goes, advocacybaseballconsultants.com. dot com. Andrew, you ready to go to the yeah, uh, and visit our Twitter account uh, at yeah. advocacy underscore base. Um, yeah. And if you ever have a question, you can always DM us through that or, or Shafe and my uh, Twitter accounts as well. Yes. As Do long that. as Shafe doesn't lose his phone. Don't Which lose I your probably phone. Will. But I can tell you what the starting line, you want to know the New York Knicks, Knicks championship roster was too. I got that. I got all the I Knicks. Got the Knicks, Knicks and no. the Jets when they won it in 69. You, no, you I'm good. No, you good? Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for uh, listening to Shaver Baseball Report Friday edition. And uh, we are going to play golf next week, right? So yeah. we will be back Friday, I believe. I think it's well, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll be on next week one way or another. Yep. So, uh, All right. Todd, thank you. And uh, we will talk we'll to talk. you guys. All right, guys. Have a, good, have a good weekend.